You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor. But with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Ghostbusters, we're ready to believe you. Ghostbusters, what do you want? And welcome back to the film reel, Gus. Cugs. I am a Gus. Gus, welcome back to the film reel, Gus, where we are not going to be doing Ghostbusters 1. We're not going to be doing Ghostbusters 2. All the real Ghostbusters, even the 2016 Whatever the fuck that was. Reboot? Yeah, that was just Bridesmaids in cosplay Ghostbusters, wasn't it? No, we're going to be doing the proper sequel. Um, which I've now forgotten the name. I forgot, I've actually forgotten the name. And I even Ghostbusters had, oh, Afterlife. Fuck it all. I even had a little joke. I even had a little joke. How come the Ghostbusters never made it very far in the Oregon, Oregon Trail? I don't know. They, they refused to cross streams. Oh, 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 oh dear! Well, uh, there was there was another one, but I couldn't say it. It was really horrible. In what way was it horrible? Was it not it funny, was not, or was it? No, I didn't think it was funny. But 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 um, it was what it was one. That, did you hear the one about one of the Ghostbusters that died? And it's yeah. I thought that's mean. That's like I didn't like that one, so I chose the other one. Oh. So, was it but thinking you about one of the Ghostbusters that died and the punchline is yes? No, yeah. Egon. As in Egon. Egon. Oh, oh, oh it broke God. then. I didn't catch that bit. I just heard yes. Oh, I do apologise. Yeah, <laughs> well, we didn't get the punchline. the original joke, isn't it? But there we go. <laughs> Ghostbusters, guys. <laughs> I'm still kind of feeding off your jokes. That's yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're still oh, really? Um... That's not good. There's one about Amy Winehouse here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that one. It's a good oh, thing that the Ghostbusters don't charge a lot of money because if you couldn't pay, you then have to come back and repossess your house. Oh, oh look at that! That's very very good. <laughs> winner winner. That is that's a winner. Excellent. That one was. So Ghostbusters 2021 Afterlife. We this was a long time coming. We spoke about this loads on the podcast as it was um, building up and the trailers were coming out. And I'm kind of like, obviously going to be impartial just for impartial sake here. But if I think if you read certain parts of the synopsis here, you could easily think, am I reading the original Ghostbusters film or is this Ghostbusters Afterlife? Because it's just a rehash of the first one, isn't it? Yes. Yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah, especially the synopsis of it. You're completely right. I think if you get into it a bit, it's not the same but yeah the synopsis itself is pretty much a copy and paste it is really and uh i kind of found the more i've watched this and i've watched it quite a lot in the last week the more i the less i've enjoyed it i think really what yeah mm, is it interesting yeah. is it do you, will you do you compare it then to the force awakens to a new hope is it kind of that they're both very similar 
In, <laughs> in what way are these similar? As in no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. As in The Other Force Awakens, many people yeah. said it was just a rehash of A New Hope when you actually look at the plot points of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah it the, is the, the same. Parallel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, Deadpool says it's lazy writing, but it's interesting because obviously Jason Reitman did this, and upon kind of completion of it, he uh, then went to the Ramirez family and showed them the clips and what he wanted to do to get their blessing and everything. So it's nice, but I've got a, a few issues at the end of it that I was uh, chatting to the missus about just to get her opinion of whether I was just being a miserable bastard. So it'll be interesting at the end when we bring this up or my my issue I've got. Um, I, I doubt anyone will agree because I'm usually miserable. But I'm going to say, I was going to say that's probably just yes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but the cast in this is pretty good. And when you think the budget, they say only 75 million, but in these days, 75 million is pretty cheap, isn't it? Considering mm. it's like a... A, a relaunch or a sequel or a recall as they call it in scream so it's yeah it's, it's a modest it's a modest um amount of money isn't it for film i would say yeah yeah i'd say lower budget especially for what this is but i mean the cast is good i mean i've got no problems you've got carrie coon as the mum paul rudd as ant-man oh no it's not ant-man it's just the same character um it's paul rudd got, it's paul rudd it is exactly the same every single film I and mean, i thought even and it's gonna be weird saying this and it brings up bile in my throat but the kids were good um <laughs> finn wolfhard who played trevor um wait 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 you, you both i didn't get that what was that fuck you old it? bollocks i'm not saying no, it again you'd have to listen to the podcast again <laughs> but mckenna grace who played phoebe was good i didn't have any issues with logan kim who plays podcast and, and the, the other ones, I mean, the Ghostbusters are the Ghostbusters. It's not a problem. Um, but I, I thought it was great. And it's a modern twist. And the, the story is just very, very simple. And, and I'm glad they kept this simple and didn't try and jazz it up. Obviously, you've got um, J.K. Simmons, which I was so surprised of a massive actor, award-winning actor, to have such a bit part. It's really strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, doesn't he does other stuff as well, doesn't he? He isn't just that weird guy in the tomb, isn't he? Some sort of voiceover, or he does something else in it as well, doesn't he? Apparently, oh, does he? Yeah. yeah, but on screen, yes, he's a very small part, which was really odd. Because you look at him and you're like, I recognise that guy, and then it appears to be him, and he's on the screen for about three minutes, three seconds. You know, like, oh, yeah. that was worth it. But there you go. I know it's really, really strange, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean, it was. We wanted to do this for a while because we've done the other films and again they're a mixed bag aren't they and there was a we always said like when this comes out we've got to do it is it going to be shit did they need to do it and Mm. i was really worried going into it and i saw it at the cinema with my son and it's nice and there was a lot of complaints about this that it gives too much of a a nod to the original films and it concentrates more on that than storyline and I, I never found that to be an issue in this i don't know what you guys thought normally i would agree but i have to i have to be honest i thought they did this quite well mm. if you compare it to the matrix remake or sequel or whatever the fuck you want to call it that yeah. was just a film of 
basically them talking about the other the old films yeah and it was just complete nostalgia and there wasn't really much of a story whereas i i found this was surprisingly well done and i didn't really have a lot of issues with it yeah i know what did you think eight is poor eight is poor received um (laughs) same (laughs) same as neil absolutely like there's a ton of nods to the past but you know this this film has been a long time coming so and because I think the, the cult stature it has behind it, the cult status it has behind it, I think that's acceptable. I think it's allowed. I think that I think it's yeah, no issues with it whatsoever. No, no, the start of it's really good. I think it gets you hooked from the start. I mean, you've got this mysterious figure who you don't know, sort of, you don't know where it's set or anything like that. You've got this car driving out of um, the is it Ivo Shandor's mine, isn't it? Yeah. And yep. It's being chased, and you don't know what's chasing the typical Ghostbusters fashion. The sky's lighting up, and you can see he's got one of the kind of the machines there that has captured the ghost. So it gives you Traps. a rough idea, a trap exactly who it's going to be. And I think it's when he gets back to the farmland, it really reminds me of Signs and all these other really creepy films when you're in the mid, like middle of nowhere and all the crop circles. And I think like children of the corn and shit like that these fields are so creepy just on their own aren't they yeah they yeah, are no, they yeah definitely they are definitely creepy you wouldn't want to walk around one at night at night time would you no it'd scare the shit out of me to be honest it really really would I mean, and again the special effects when he turns the traps on and then there's that figure walking through the the cornfields and you get a rough idea who this is going to be just by the side profile but he's obviously caught something, and he's caught um, well, he's caught one of the sentinels, isn't he? And that's what I think it must be Goza. Mm. You don't really see the the figure of Goza, but he's caught one of the sentinels, and he's kind of baiting him, isn't he? Yeah, isn't he caught mm. like the gatekeeper or whatever? Oh, I can't remember what he's caught, but it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, because you've got Zool the gatekeeper and Vince um, Clawfo the keymaster. Yeah. Yeah, he's caught one of them. And I just think it's a really creepy start. There's not, there's no comedy to the start of this. It's just really eerie, isn't it, Jay? Yeah, it is. Um, uh, the, the fact that you mentioned about signs, I thought, was a really good like an analogy. But if you look at the way a lot of the ghost, the uh, first two Ghostbusters start at the very least. It's very similar, isn't it, with, with that kind of like spooky premise. And although Ghostbusters one and two are uh, they're all comedies in a way, well, have comedy elements. The first shots are always done quite seriously, aren't they? The number one, number two in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah d- Why well, did when? Because it's clearly um, Harold Ramis is Egon Spiegler. We we know. And why did he go in the house and get that? gadget that tracks ghosts because obviously the ghost is coming was that setting up did he know he was going to die do you think and that was set up for someone else to find what was the idea of that was it because he, did, he couldn't entirely work out because the ghost was um invisible and he hadn't sort of like yeah i don't think he could quite work out where it was coming from so I, I figured that he was trying to work out how strong the signal was how strong the presence was and where it was coming from okay I wasn't too sure, but it, it's really good. I mean, when he's sitting in that chair with his back uh, to like the door 
and the ghost comes in and it comes in in the form of all the smoke and it, again it reminds me of um the fog the james herbert book mm. which is really creepy and, and the way like that dog kind of monster they say it's either zor or vids rises above him and then mm. those hands come out of the chair and that was something as a kid in uh ghostbusters the original ones was it the original ones when the hand came out of the yeah. chair yeah it was yeah right. in the apartment yeah, yeah, to get yeah. Um, Sigourney Weaver. That always yeah. freaked me out. And again, yeah. it's a simple, but it, it's a really effective special effect, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And like you say, Stuart, like, they were, one or two, there were there were comedic elements to it. But I think the fact that there was, it could be quite dark. And, you know, um, and the drama above the comedy that was there, I think it was what captured my imagination that, you know, this this could actually, apart from the weird-looking ghost, you know, this this could be real. You know, as a, as a ten-year-old, twelve-year-old boy, yeah, it was. It wasn't just a comedy. It was. It actually had drama to it. Yeah, definitely, and it, it's a lot more serious, especially as the fact that it's uh, Egon Spegler dies. I mean, obviously, he due to the fact that he died in real life. I think it was in 2014, wasn't it? That yeah, it, it has to be obviously written out of this, but in it in some way, but. Yeah, I, I think the start of this was great. And even when I watched it with my youngest, who's 12, he really, really it hooked in because he hasn't got... He does. He watched the first Ghostbusters. The second Ghostbusters, he just doesn't like. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't watch it. But he'll watch the first one over and over again. I don't know what your... If your kids watch it? No, yeah, my mine, son. Mine yeah, That's my right. son's never seen it. He's never been interested in it. He was interested in watching this, but we never got to go to the cinema to see it. But I suppose for us, the original ones have got a massive nostalgia because they are from the early 80s and we're all old. Um, but, <laughs> you know, they're not... That's not generally going to hook them, is it, anymore? Whereas no. this one, I think there was enough in it that uh, for a new audience, there was a lot here for the old audience, but the film's... Like you say, it's the hook at the beginning is so good it would capture a whole new sort of group of people, if you like, to, mm. to enjoy it. So. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, I always think it's strange because I was talking to someone at work today that the, the, what time does and like people being desensitised. And I was talking about one thing that always comes back to me. If I'm going to have a nightmare about something that's just really violent and horrible, it's always um, Halloween it's it's mike myers honestly and it's just it's it's always the same thing just wow. chasing me gonna kill me and even after all this time but when i because i watched the film far too young and it's <laughs> kind of obviously scarred me and when i sat and watched that with um again my youngest he, he's just wasn't bothered he thought it was quite funny i told him what's going to happen when it was going to happen but he just wasn't scared about it because it's so desensitized but when you look at the original Ghostbusters, I, I, to me, it, it has got that nostalgia, as you say, Neil, but the comedy is still there. And I don't think it's, for me, it has an outdated, it's, it's ghosts. And I don't think that can be outdated, but I don't know why a younger generation finds it boring. I mean, it's just the, the story in, on the whole kind of boring regards what, to ghosts these days. Well, the second what? Ghosts in general or the second film? Yeah, ghosts in general kind of thing. I don't know. I think maybe well, it's just not something that's particularly... You know, you have things, don't you, that go in cycles. So we've had zombies for ages now and they 
will eventually go out of fashion. Mm. But back back then, it was ghosts and stuff like yeah. that. Sci-fi, wasn't it? In the sense of ridiculous robots and shit like that. That was the thing <laughs> back in the eighties. You know, like the Terminator, Robocop, and yeah. stuff, and, and ghosts. And then it sort of drifts away from that. I suppose it's what's pushed on them. But if you're interested in that type of thing, you're interested in it. It's just it's just it's just film it, media. It's not something that you. It's not something that. Yeah, it's not something that really grabs the kids' attention these days. There's so many other things, isn't there? That mm. why would they be interested in something that you can't even see? You know, it's not in an app either. So why the fuck would they be interested in that? Yeah, because I mean, back on the film, this is meant to be set. I think it's 22 or 23 years after Ghostbusters 2, isn't it? And that's what I've, I've read mm. going through the internet. Mm-hmm. And what I struggle to believe, and I know. You've obviously got the the dynamics of you've got um, Callie, who's the mum, and you've got Trevor and Phoebe, who's the kids. And obviously Phoebe is the one who's very scientific, takes after her granddad. Um, and Trevor, he proves kind of he's still a very clever lad when he's trying to fix the, uh, the car that he finds in the barn. But I struggle to, to, to believe that the the young girl phoebe and even trevor doesn't know anything about the grandfather i know the mum is kind of hates him because she says my dad dumped me for science and he didn't want to know um and he's obviously left her broke so Mm. she's got those psychological scars and she's she feels betrayed but when you think what happened back in 1984 the whole world was going to end it'll be something surely they talk about in in their history classes of life-changing experiences of ghosts coming and like new york being smashed to bits i can't believe and i find it really stupid in this that she doesn't know who her granddad is killer replica totally a replica of what trap a ghost trap seriously how do you of all people not know about this new york in the 80s it's like the walking dead then it just stopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with that. It's, it is weird that this massive event that you know the whole world would have known about is all of a sudden just completely ignored. Just everyone's pretty much everyone's forgotten about it, and kids haven't even heard about it. it is, yeah, I can see why you have an issue with that. Definitely. Yeah. What about yourself, Jay? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit there, Neil. It is, it is a bit strange. Although they touched upon it to the point where I think they kind of knew about what happened in 1984. I, I, I do. I'm sure they they touched on it in in a scene or there was talk about what happened in 1984. I could be completely wrong um, about that, and I apologise if I am. Uh, but also, yeah, as, as Neil said, the fact that they didn't even know what what their dad what their dad was, I thought was it was one of the few things that kind of annoyed me about this film. And there's only a few, but yeah, that was one of the ones that left me scratching my head and thought, nah, I don't think that would happen, as you're saying, Stu. Yeah, because obviously Phoebe knows, I mean, she's 12 in this, isn't she? Uh, she knows what a seismologist is, and she knows so many different things, and she's so clever, but she doesn't know what a proton pack is. She doesn't know what a trap is. And Surely, being a scientist that she claims to be and she wants to be, She'd know about these, and it just 
it seems daft that she just doesn't know and that kind of for some reason that stuck with me through this but um and the I'm fact visual. that and the fact that she looks exactly like her grandfather yeah her glasses are exactly the same when she holds those glasses up later yeah. on yeah. it's um mm. and you know if if, yeah. if her mum had such a massive issue with her dad and i know you shouldn't influence really what but you know if she had and she clearly does in this film until the end why would you want your daughter to look exactly the same as your dad? Because yeah. surely that's just going to remind you him. of that. And to ref- it just surely you'd say, no, no, look, we'll get you a different type of pair of glasses or what have you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, yeah, it's, I don't mm. know, maybe I'm looking into it too much or the fact that maybe she's using it so she can remember her dad. I don't know. But maybe I'm giving that too much credit. I think you are on that one. Yeah, yeah like, honestly, yeah. that's really, really deep. That's good. I mean, that is really good because it's strange because <laughs> she references her dad so much. Uh, and your granddad left me. Your granddad did this. Your granddad did that. But they they never ask. It'd be nice if Phoebe or Trevor said, "Will you tell us one day about granddad?" But they never get that, and that would answer that question like super fast, and you could move on. But it's uh it's it doesn't as you say it doesn't take you away from the film at all but it's dopey because you're going to ask these questions and again i I kind of i I shoved um annie potsin who plays janine um like the secretary or the receptionist from the original but her coming in i mean again it's nice to see her and for a fan you kind of go oh she's from the original look at her now and she aged and she's, oh, she's exactly the same but you kind of think why get her in it because all she does is say yeah like your dad was a good man he was broke and that was it you've got fuck all here you got that's for us that, that's it's, it's for us isn't it it's for the it's for the, the diehard fans that want to not not say oh look at how she is now but it, it just it gives you that warm feeling oh this is you know it's a heart back to the film isn't it Part back to the original, and it's nice. It's nice, but I was annoyed that, that like she it. didn't appear anymore in it. Yeah, it's just really weird. Hi, I'm what here role to tell you play, though? What role would she play, really? Well, potentially. Hold on, to... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice if she maybe had a conversation with the children. Yeah. About that would have been good. Yeah, you know, that, that yeah. filled that Give gap. Give a bit of background rather than mum constantly bitching about her dad. Yeah, which I have to say ends up getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, your um, granddad was a geistbuster. He was a what? Sorry, <laughs> a geistbuster. <laughs> a what? A geistbuster. <laughs> I think Paul's just entertaining himself now. Yeah, right? he is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I just, I, I just love her accent. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, as you say, if she would have had that conversation, she could have corrected everything within a five minute conversation of just how good her dad was and that that he kind of cared and stuff like that. Well, she she had had a crush on him, didn't she? Well, yeah, yeah. She ended Uh, up with Matey Boy, though, didn't she? The um, the little strange uh, Mike Morales, whatever his uh, name, Rick Morales, Rick Rick Morales. Morales. Yeah, sorry, yes, she did, yeah. Well, I tell you what, that would have been an awesome cameo because he was he retired from acting, didn't he? Because his wife passed away to look after children. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the reason. So that I mean, that would have been, I think, 
for Uber fans, that would have been such a nice little moment. If, um, yeah. He, he was with her. Yes. If, sense, you know? if yeah. they yeah, turned up yeah. as a little old married couple and he was still really weird. Yeah. <laughs> he was brilliant in <laughs> yeah. that. I love it. Wearing yeah. that stupid colander on his head. Yes. <laughs> Carrying on oh, about God. his taxes and how he can yeah. save the money and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you would have got the shot of the dog looking at him. Not again, kind of like scenario. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. would have been funny. Yeah, yeah that, that would have been, been great. Good. He got yeah. robbed, didn't he? Yeah. Did he, get, he got punched out and robbed in daylight, raw daylight, in New York. Yeah, he did, yeah. Someone oh, robbed Dark Helmet. Yeah. Great stuff, mate. Didn't know he was messing with Shawnee. Yeah. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. So, what did you guys think of uh, Phoebe and Trevor as the kids in this? Do you think they were too tropey or, or not? Or what, what, did, what are your kind of thoughts? difficult i suppose it's it is that trope though isn't it they are those city kids and one's one's nerdy well they're both nerdy aren't they but one's trying to be cool and the other one doesn't know who they who they are or can't fit in within society mm. yeah um i think they played them the characters well but yeah they are stereotype children in that situation i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, thing, the thing is, guys, we've got to remember, Stu likes them, so we can't really argue. I mean, it's That's never true. happened. So if, if Stu <laughs> likes them, someone's doing something right, as far as I'm concerned. Stu's going complaint. Yeah, they're on par with Harry Potter-like, isn't it? He loves Harry oh, Potter. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait until Stu watches Harry Potter. I'm never going to watch that. What seriously. do you mean, what? She's nah. got the series. He's been to the Harry Potter world numerous times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's utter shit. <laughs> seriously. I can't so bring myself shit. to watch it. No, don't blame you. I cannot bring myself to watch it. Don't watch it. (laughs) Don't watch it. Don't watch it. No, never watch it. I did like the touch of, and it was very subtle, of the ghost in the house that they're living in. Because obviously they're living in a shithole and you do get things that are going wrong and like the chessboard falls off and stuff like that. And early doors, you kind of wondered, or I did, and bearing in mind I didn't understand The Matrix and other films we reviewed, I, it kind of it left me wondering, is this um, the ghost of um, Egon or is it something else in the house? And I quite like that. And I like the fact that when it goes on, that, that she ends up playing chess. And it's a bit weird that she's not freaked out by it, um, which was really strange. But when she wakes up in the morning, one of the pawns has moved from the chessboard and she starts having a game. And then clearly after that, you realise it's Egon. I think that's such a nice little touch. Oh, I didn't like it. I think when when you had that bit and later on we talk about the lamp moving and stuff, it was, I know we're watching a, you know, a far-fetched film, but that was just too much for me. Why is that? I don't know. It's just beyond any kind of story you've ever heard about manifestations of ghosts, a ghost playing chess. You know, you're playing chess with your grandfather, and then he's moving the lamp around. Like when you're it's indicating to where the parts are, you need to to, to fix the machine. No, it's just too much. Oh, I, sat there, I sat there tutting. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, I, yeah. I love that bit. I mean, in a in a franchise where the Titanic can arrive late to a dock, I was quite happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> even I liked it. I thought it was yeah, nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was a lovely touch that he was connecting with his granddaughter and no. the fact they didn't know her. And 
they got science and it was that connection that they can both relate to what they're using and things i thought that was really really nice touch but that's interesting think, yeah and i think to anyone sorry that's ever lost a loved one i think also is, is kind of like really nice because obviously how you know good old howard's not with us anymore and it was such a nice and it was such a nice way in the end of putting him in the film when you when you saw how, how that story panned out you know yeah, yeah, definitely. I, have, I think that's really nice. I have to oh, be Neil's going to say something. Here we go. Sorry. No, at, that, when, at the start, when it was playing chess and stuff like that, because obviously yeah. he still had whatever it was in that trap, didn't he? Yes. I wondered if it was a bad ghost, uh, quotation marks, yeah. trying to get her to get released. I didn't oh. know if it was Egon or if it was the um, it was a bad spirit. So yeah. it was a nice surprise that it was Egon. A false sense of security. But, um, yeah. yeah, I yeah. honestly, because I, I did, I honestly, well, when it came to the chess thing, I did think, oh, I bet they're going to play a game of chess now, aren't they? Which is a bit tropey. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't go all yeah. the way of sitting there chatting and playing chess. Yeah. That would have been dopey. Yeah, completely agree. It did leave me on tender hooks as to is it a goodie or a baddie? Is it Egon or is it? I wondered that actually as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, good call. And you get to the score, and this is where you get Paul. Rudd, who plays Gary Gruberson. His name is terrible, and it just suits him so much in this. And I know Paul Rudd is typecast, and he just plays one character, but I like him in this, and he's he's not offensive. It's an easy role. It's just him being him, and he ad-libbed most of the things he said anyway, and it was it was nice. It just connects well with children you know it, it just is easy and pleasing to be on the screen i thought he was a really good fit i don't know whether i'm just giving this too much love and being rose tinted glasses i don't know what did you guys think how can you not like paul rudd you know yes that, that, that's all i can say really like you say he's not offensive and he is funny and they didn't push the envelope with his character they just said right paul come in be yourself yeah say some lines tell some jokes and you know exactly and he, he was like one of the teachers i had at school in history mr coy where we'd have a history lesson he'd sit there we'd watch green beret with john wayne he'd sit there reading the paper looking at the horse racing results <laughs> and that would be our history lesson and it's brilliant the fact that he sits there and puts cujo on and the kids and he, later on another lesson he puts child's play on and again, the kids are so desensitised, they're not freaked out with this woman being attacked, they're expressionless. And that's when you get Phoebe, who is clearly bored, goes off and talks to him about the seismologist. And This is a seismic map? Yes. How did you know that? Because it's a map of seismic activity. Right. Is You're that... a seismologist? Does that seem so hard to believe? Figured you for a football coach. This is the pattern in Somerville. Large P wave, small S wave, like an explosion. Where's it coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I, I set up geophones, but I can't triangulate. Are you using three? Yeah. I know how many sides there are in a triangle. I think the bond between them is a believable bond. It's not forced at all. And I like these two on the screen together. I think they've got really good chemistry. I can't disagree with you, mate. To be honest, I think Paul might have an issue with this. I think Paul's going to be tutting. Yeah. No, well, well, I just blew it or not. No, I, I, th- I thought that, yeah, you're right, so they had good chemistry and it worked well. 
Um, I, I, I don't. I, before this, I didn't really know who Paul Rudd was, but I thought he played it. You are Lord. Come on, what's he been in then? What do you oh, mean, what's he been in? Well, tell me. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Ant-Man? Or... I've heard of Ant-Man, never seen it. Oh, dear. 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah. I've seen 40-Year-Old Virgin. I thought that was Josh Hartnett, wasn't it? There's oh, many other people in that film. Steve Carell. It's loads. It's just so good. Okay. I would have seen him before. 40-Year-Old Virgin, but yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Blue, yeah. Blue Bloody Peter. Was he Blue Peter? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of Podcast, the kid in this? I, I liked him a lot. I thought he stole it. I really think he, he was very good. Ow, that's high praise. Yeah, he didn't have you tutting. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, he made me laugh, actually. I was, right, was quite good, good, yeah. Little chuckle. Um, yeah, he's right. I thought. Yeah, I, I thought he was good. The name I'm saying. What's that? I'm going to call him podcast because it, it's it, it's going. To, I, I don't know. Is it, is it going to date the film? I just thought it was a really weird. I'm pod, My name's podcast. I do podcast. Oh, excellent. What do you do? I play with myself. My name's Wank. I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> what are giving themselves the birth, You know, it just, it just didn't. I love the, that, the name annoyed me. That's all. You fucking chiseler. Oh my I god. Love her. <laughs> but it puts the modern twist on it doesn't it? it it's it does that's very true it's kids are listening to podcast well we are doing a podcast but kids are listening to podcasts <laughs> and they're so kind of current uh and the, he walks around with his microphone interviewing people and he's clearly very lonely he's only got um like us he's only got one subscriber who probably isn't dan Aykroyd, but it's i liked him i thought he had a a lot to offer he was something different he's a bit quirky because you need another geek to yeah. relate and give it be a sidekick for phoebe don't you they they drew a, a lot of they must have well i think there were a lot of 80s influences in this one that they must have drawn a lot out of old 80s children's films like the because, goonies yeah that um yeah, a ton of films, and I think that I think it was just a typical like, '80s kid, like but in nowadays, you know, it's brilliant, really good. Yeah, yeah, he's still at all though. Isn't he? I mean, <laughs> 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 I mean the, the, the whole thing is a bit of a nod to Stranger Things, isn't it? As well, yeah, very much. Well, yes. so, very much. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, very much. I like that. Yeah, it would have been better yeah. though if he said, "What's your name?" Oh, it's podcast. Oh, why? Oh, because I do podcast. Yeah, but what's actually your name? Yeah. Well, it's actually whatever, but please call me podcast. You know, yes. it was yeah. just a bit weird. Exactly. Yeah. We're all called podcast, aren't we? Yeah. That's, that is That's it. it. That's us from now on. <laughs> Apart from when they go point. to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll stick with that, you poor mate. When they go to Shandor Mines and the podcast is talking about there was a curse and the miners were threw themselves off in the hole and stuff like that, was it? Was he making that up? Was it, or is it actually true? Was he? I, I didn't know whether he was making stuff up to impress Phoebe. Uh, no, I think that he's so, so passionate no. about his um, his belief in the supernatural and stuff like that that he wouldn't lie about it or make it up. I think that he honestly thinks that's the truth. Yeah, I wasn't sure. And you do see they kind of pan away um, to the. Uh, Zul or Vince, whichever one it is, the gatekeeper or the keymaster up there, so you know something's going to happen. And 
I think one of the things that came across in the trailer for this, which I really, really liked, which was just so effective, especially for our age, being old farts, as it was pointed out earlier. (laughs) When you you get Trevor, (laughs) who fixes up Ecto-1, and again, it was a bit of magic uh, from Egon, and just visually, watching him drive through the field, it's so good. It just looks amazing. It looks like he's floating driving through that field, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Really? I don't think that car would ever go that fast, but yeah. No, it definitely wouldn't. And it would have been car, wrecked completely. <laughs> when he does that jump and lands in the road, yeah. the front yeah. axle on that car would have been smashed to bits. Even Knight Rider wouldn't have withstood that. No, possibly not. Possibly not. And they refer to Egon <laughs> as the dirt farmer. And that's what he's called all the way through this, just because he's got so much land and all he does is farm dirt with nothing else. And it's, they're kind of, everyone takes the piss out of him. No one in the town, no matter where they go, the sheriff, the hardware shop, has mm. got a nice thing to say about him. And that kind of matches what um, the mum, what Callie thinks. Even when people refer to him, she hasn't got a good word to say. And, and even when they do speak to, or Phoebe rings up Dan Aykroyd later on when she's in uh, jail, it it's kind of, it really surprised me when I first watched this when Dan Aykroyd says, Something like that. I hope he's rotten in hell. And I was really surprised when mm. he's so like fucking nasty to him, isn't he? Yeah, and you just it was it was a surprise. You couldn't work out what that was. What happened to make him think that? Well, they say, don't they, that yeah. he took all the proton packs. Um, mm. He took all everything oh, yeah, yeah. and left them skin and left them with nothing, and that to obviously get normal jobs because he was mm. saying the world was going to end, and they took it that he was going mental wasn't it really mm-hmm. yeah he just cleared off with his stuff one day didn't he and basically just went nuts and yeah they all had to do different real jobs and what have you and he sort of he felt abandoned by his best mate but yeah, yeah i mean that is a, a really nasty thing to say isn't it about someone that you've sort of spent so much time with but clearly that's what they all thought of him mm-hmm. yeah but it kind of makes the ending more satisfying, doesn't it? I think if you're yeah. of a certain age, the fact mm. it does that and kind of going back to what happened in 1984, it's nice when, um, to show you Phoebe does find, and she is led by the ghost of Egon to find the ghost trap. Um, and when she takes it to school and Paul Rudd sees it, it I love the fact that being of our generation, that he recognises it, even though he thinks it's a, a replica, he recognises mm. it straight away as a ghost trap. And that fits yeah. in so well, because, as I said before, why wouldn't you recognise that? Well, exactly. But uh, this is where I sort of had an issue with it, because if he'd captured whatever's in that thing and has then hidden it so it can't be, why is he then pointed to them to have the, find the trap and then they're obviously going to open it, which then causes all of this shit to happen. Yes. That's, that was my yeah. only issue with it. Yeah. Like if he hadn't have pointed her towards the trap, and she's obviously going to be curious and open it, none of this would have happened, which I know is obviously a point of a plot, but it's just it was quite weak Yeah. for me. Yeah, you're drinking, Paul. I was, yeah, I got myself a tight coke on the go. Because all I can hear oh, is you swallow in, and anyone listening to this is just going to hear you swallow in and drink. Oh, yeah, them. it's a non-caffeine coke before bedtime. So, but other refreshments <laughs> are available. 
I'll be cutting it out, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll cut my mic when I drink. <laughs> so I've got headphones in and it picks up yeah. every noise. And yeah. it's, uh, How do you know it's me anyway? Because is it my you're the one who does it normally. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. James mutes his mic. I thought it was just James. What licks his mic? James mutes his mic when he's not talking. Cut background noise out. I do normally, but I forgot. I was washing up. So I forgot. Or he opens the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Stu suffered from misophonia, which is triggered by um, all sounds. Exactly. Misophonia. You you don't don't like it at all, do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I do. I do apologise, fellas. That's okay. yeah, I thought it was my smooth hand-to-mouth action that you recognise. No, it picks up everything. So Shit, okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so so you're saying, Neil, that if Egon wouldn't have led Phoebe to that trap, none of this would have happened? Well, I can't see how it would have done, because obviously her being led to the trap has then forced her to... She's a curious scientist. You know, she's very much like her grandfather and she was going to obviously open it which then leads the ghost to go back to the mine which then sets mm. it all off but they've already had tremors i agree with you, what, you're, what you're saying neil but they've, all, they've already had tremors haven't they yeah no they have had tremors but it's just it's just a really odd decision mm. to make i understand why they did it for a a story point of view but it maybe i'm missing something but to me it just seems no you're right i think dumb. you're right yeah i think he's right yeah, Jay, what do you think? That is spot on, though, what Neil's just said, isn't it? Yeah, but ultimately, but then what we find out, it's a bit silly. It's gone, isn't it? Yeah, but then how can you interpret the meaning of a ghost, Egon's defence? Because he can't speak and he can't really write or do anything like that, can he, at that point? Um, the only thing he can, he can do is point to the ghost trap, hoping that she's going to work it out. Because it's time-sensitive, isn't it? Because later on in the film... When we look at the the deep cavern, we find out why he's taken the proton packs, and they go off every time, and and why obviously they're they're they're, they're the tremors are there, uh, and it is time sensitive because at some point stuff's going to happen, um, and it, maybe it was he felt like it was his only chance, but yeah, I agree. It's, you you do have to make a lot of things up in your head to kind of come to terms with that, which you shouldn't really have to do in this film, I think. No, completely. And now one of the uh... As you say, either the gatekeeper or the key master has now been released, who's then going to start the problems and call out Gozer and stuff like that. And it's it's really good. I like the fact and uh, the effects and the simplicity of when the ghost is released. It's the excitement. For, who wouldn't want to be in Paul Rudd's position? You've seen these traps. You've seen what's happened. And to actually do one and open it, it, it is very naive. And they do know something's in there. But. I think it's really good fun and the temptation of having a seismologist and the kids who are interested in science there, you're going to open it, aren't you? Just out of pure curiosity, really, I think. I would anyway. Of course you are, definitely, especially from Paul Rudd's, you know, Grubersons, because he's obsessed with the Ghostbusters, you know, he starts going on about them, doesn't he, and showing video clips and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, you're going to open it, which is kind of my point. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you get Trevor gets a taste of it as well when they all go up there. And I thought something worse was going to happen when they all go up to that mine and they're on the top there. I mean, the fact that 
and I think it was a reflection of like today's generation of they're not as scared easy as like our generation when we were younger. But the fact they go on that mine and they look down and there's they can see like the gatekeeper, like the fiery monster down there. And it doesn't put them off and it makes them even more curious to a certain extent is really it's really weird. It kind of doesn't make sense because you'd shit yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't see me there ever again. <laughs> no, because you ever. see it flying out. And it, it, Trevor looks really, really worried. But the rest of them, I don't know whether it's like a trope of the generation where they laugh at everything and they're so... I don't know if they're risk-adverse or they're okay. just stupid. But, but would you still say we're all about 14 years old, all friends with our bikes, yeah? You tell yeah. me that you wouldn't at least go back there to investigate the next day or the next week or be talking about it. You would eventually pluck up the courage all of you to go back there wouldn't you i mean we i imagine if all four of us four, think of this now 14 years old friends we'd all go out there in a week uh, uh, yeah i i'd go with you three we'd take get on a rally grifters and we i think we'd head up there yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think we rally grifters oh, <laughs> i'd have a sprained ankle that day and then ask how it went <laughs> if we'd find a magic for Chester Copperpot and we'd go on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so when so I want to know is Paul, you had the massive issue, wasn't it? I had the issue when she goes down into the um like the basement when she finds all of these things. Yeah. And I didn't have an issue with Phoebe fixing a proton pack. She's really, really clever. And that wasn't a problem. Uh, and I thought it was very sweet, that connection and everything. But I had a problem with the overalls. That the, yes, uh, these overalls definitely. would never fit these I kids. I know. Yeah, me too. 100%. 11%. I didn't like that whatsoever. <laughs> didn't like yeah. it. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't have fitted, and like you say. And he wouldn't have kept them because, you know, he's he wants the proton packs because he, he's trying to save the Earth. But he doesn't need his mates old dirty old robes does he but he's taken them with him and they don't even fit them did you get the call back though Uh, what for the wearing the robes no when she pulls out the um, sweet wrapper from oh yes 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 yes, which is what Venkman gives him at the start of Ghostbusters the original film as they deserve this moment like chocolate bar Mm. which is a nice touch to the fact that that meant so much to him I did so. not get that. Wow. Oh, wow. But, that's awesome. So that's in the original one, not the second one, the original one. Yes, yeah, the original. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I did look that up, so don't pat me on the back too much. But, um, yeah, it's in the original one when they're first talking about forming the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, it's just the three of them before um, Matey Boy joins them. He gives him this bar of chocolate and says, you deserve that. And it's the same one, and he he's kept it in his pocket. Yeah, that's nice touch. I like that. That, that went way over it. my head. <laughs> yeah, never washed that. That was good. But I do like it when Phoebe gets the proton pack going, when her and podcast go out to test it. Again, the visuals on this are really good, and just the noise of turning on the proton mm. packs is so good. It's it's it gives you a buzz, just like when they, someone hits up a lightsaber. It is just brilliant. 
And when she's shooting that trolley and just, just destroying it, it looks absolutely brilliant. I don't know why podcast is wearing night sights or night vision goggles. I'm not too sure how he's doing that during the day, but it looks good. And the fact that you get to get a proper look at the proton pack, that's yeah. what I like. That's what we never had, was it? I was about to say that exact, exact thing, that exact same thing, Stu, the fact that you didn't, you got to see it in HD, close up, um, and they were like, tinkering with them and fixing them and stuff. You never got to see inside it what made it work and stuff. Um, and this film, you did, you know. So it was brilliant. Yeah, it really was good. That. And then it goes on to, obviously, don't get Slimer in this. Was Slimer missed or not? I found this a shame that it wasn't, because it looked exactly the same as it, apart from he had more legs. Yeah. And I thought that was a bit cheap. Mm. Yeah. Would it have been too much of a callback, do you think? Because you do get slime, don't you, in this dripping yeah. down, which I is a tease. It's, it, it, must have, it must have been something that crossed their mind. I mean, they must have discussed this. But maybe it was just one too far if they'd have put it in. Yeah, I suppose it would lose credibility a little bit. But. Oh, I, I completely agree. I just wish they'd sort It was a nice little touch, but it was like, it's a bit too close for me. Mm. I was like, if you're going to do it, you might as well just have Slimer flying around mm. somewhere. If you I mean, they had the marshmallow guy, didn't they? They had the marshmallows. Yeah, certainly. That was but. amazing. But I, I like the touch of this, and I like, I call it Muncher, they refer to it in the film, mm. don't they? The fact that he shoots the metal that he's eating, mm. and I thought that was a really good touch as a weapon. And when they go into the warehouse, chasing him down, I thought that was really entertaining with both of those kids. It, it wasn't over the top. It was really exciting and again, it goes back to the original of kind of the level of fun. It, obviously, it's not believable. It sounds stupid because it's bloody ghosts that they're using proton packs of nuclear weapons on their backs. But it's just a really nice touch. And then it leads to the chase in the town when they're chasing. And this time they've got Trevor in the car and you get the like the gunner seat, which was from um, the Ghostbusters cartoon, wasn't it? They had this on the Ecto-1 car. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. There was nods to all the different parts of the franchise, wasn't there? One, yeah. not so much the second film. There was a couple of bits apparently in there for that. But yeah, that was definitely aimed at the cartoon, which was huge. Yeah. And I thought the chase was absolutely brilliant. When she's sitting out on the, the gunner seat of Ecto-1. And the, the fact that to have the trap on a little remote control car, mm, which is being mm. used by um, podcast. They've really modernised, put a really modern twist on this. I thought it was really good fun when I saw this at the cinema. Yeah. It's good fun, but it's sort of... I sat there and I go, when did he decide to make a remote control trap? Because the car's clearly just been sat in there, isn't it, for donkeys? I don't know, it's just sort of like, okay, you haven't fixed your car, but you've put an remote control car in it, but... That's just me being a grumpy twat. <laughs> talking about being a grumpy twat, I was talking to someone the other day, and I can't remember who it was. It wasn't used to, but... Um... What, what are you trying to say by that it wasn't used to? <laughs> no, I was thinking of another grumpy twat. <laughs> oh. I know a few of them. You, you've got the prime position, but there are a few behind Thanks, you. Mate. And I, but, but they made a really good point. They were saying like that, that scene went on for ages, but it's the tiniest town. It's one street, but they made it look like never ending you know what i mean the, the the scene went on for a while for the chase but it was only a small a very small town but yeah. they covered a lot of ground in it like were they going round around around 
yeah you don't know really they are blasting everything and it is great especially when they're chasing it to the mine and mm. it's kind of like a countdown clock and they're trying to get it and you've got a podcast there you've got trevor driving and it's just really good fun and the special effects were really good it it doesn't take you out and i kind of wonder the 75 million budget of how much went on the special effects you know a lot of it's cgi these days isn't it so i don't know it was seamless, really don't think it, it? i don't think there mm. was at, at no point for the budget or whatever it, it didn't take you out of it at all it really didn't no. it was all very well done yeah yeah definitely and they they do capture muncher in the end and they all get arrested because obviously to drive them without a license and or trevor is uh, the only thing that a part that i thought was stupid of this was when she get all their equipment taken off and they kind of make a joke about the dirt farmer and that she can't get it uh, can't get the equipment back and phoebe picks up um like the proton gun and points it at the sheriff and she's going to shoot him and she she does kind of like in a really aggressive face and a stance and that took me out of the character because that isn't what she's like and that, i thought that was really stupid that was way over the top from what she's like so, no, I, I agree with you that was really yeah, you're right you hit the nail on the head that was completely against the character and it was like about oh would, would, would she really do that and it's such a shame because we keep talking about i do like this film it, it, i mean it will get a good score but there's a few niggly things as, as you guys put up to stop it being a great film, if that makes sense, you know. And yeah. this is one of the things. Yeah, 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 definitely. And when she rings up uh, Dan Aykroyd and has the conversation with him, and that's when she finds out more about like her granddad and stuff like that, and what happened. She knows obviously the history now of who he is what he was but i would have liked that conversation afterwards to be sat down with callie her mum and kind of have it out with her in a kind of greater depth but i think that's a trick that they constantly miss in this film when they get the opportunities yeah it's a really odd she's like i I, you know i can have where's my phone call and rather than phoning her mum or whatever say oh by the way we're in a lot of shit here she phones some random number that she's you know that was on an advert on something from years ago and it didn't yeah. even make sense anyway because you know call the ghostbusters phone this number and surely that was the number for the for the fire station that they were in how is it so you just traveled around with the same number i don't know it just it, it, mm. it sort of took me out away from it a little bit far-fetched but i was dying for her to call that number i just want to see who was the other on the other end of it yeah, I mean, when I saw this, I, I kind of expected Dan. When I saw Dan Aykroyd, I thought, well, that's the one cameo you're going to get in this, and that mm. is it. And it was, I thought, well, fair play. They've brought a lot, a lot of references to the originals. So, yeah, one of them had to be in it. And but I was really surprised when I got to the end. But they do kind of it helps the plot as well. It's a bit of a plot driver. They do seize all the equipment, and I do like um, Paul Rudd when he's in the police station. <laughs> because he's just clueless and he's really excited of all the stuff taken and i like it when the mum turns around to trevor and says that this was your fault and paul rudd thinks she's talking to him but she's not she's talking to trevor he's just like a big kid i, I really like that the comedy that he brings to most of the serious elements in this film he just fucks around all the time which is really good 
Yeah, he's, he, yeah, that's the typical Paul Rudd, isn't it? And it's it's very Rudd. It's weird because he sort of tries to be authoritarian, but then <laughs> sort of steps back instantly. Like, oh, I'm not their dad. I don't know why I'm even trying to <laughs> get involved in this at all. I'm just trying to date her mum. You know, it was just, I thought it was very funny, but really odd. And after time. that, that's when a, a really, really good, they go to, or oh, it's when Paul Rudd, goes to the supermarket and it was one of the highlights of the films for me where he's there on his own and you do get the um stay puff marshmallow packets and the little marshmallow men man they are the cutest things ever aren't they what is brilliant to bring anything back these little guys are just so sweet it's a lovely thing to bring back but it didn't make sense because the whole reason that they appeared in the first place in the first film because Ray accidentally thought of yeah thought of it as the most unthreatening thing, and it ended up being a giant one that started destroying everything. But it it was a lovely little callback. But it was you know, yeah. You, you, you could know. say if, if you're looking too deep into this, you could say, well, that was from Goza brought it back because she's from the first one, and that's what happened. But yeah, it is a marketing ploy, and I must admit. I, I don't remember seeing any of these for sale in the shops or, or online, really. I haven't yeah. seen them for sale either, no. I, don't, I haven't gone looking, but no, I don't... Maybe no, you mentioned it. Yeah. I don't know if there's a massive call for that type of thing. No, I, I've seen the pop vinyls of one of them, but they're of everything that virtually exists in the world at the moment. You'll do a, a wobbly <laughs> head pop vinyl. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. But, and it's good to think that they're out having fun but they're quite happy they're evil enough to kill each other and they don't care like they'll put each other in the barbecue or put them in the blender <laughs> yeah. and melt one on a wafer and it reminded me of the gremlins seeing the scene in the gremlins where they're, yeah. they're all popping out and killing each other yeah it's Ooh. really really good fun um again you get the nod and paul rudd's body language is very similar to rick moranis of when, because Paul, it's Paul Rudd um, who turns into the gatekeeper, and it's a bit later on. It's Callie who turns into, or then again, it's a uh, Lucky who turns into the keymaster. But the way it looks at Paul is exactly the same as Ghostbusters, isn't it? It's yes. like the original, and the fact when he runs yeah. out of the uh, shopping, uh, the Walmart, and he slides across the floor, it's so Ghostbusters. It's just again nostalgia alone just gives you a warm feeling inside doesn't yeah it? yeah and i'd love to know how i'd love to have seen it how they managed to possess like paul rudd because you never really saw it in the ghostbusters films of how rick moranis who was against that restaurant window of how he became yeah. possessed it would be really interesting to see and i wish they would have done it with paul rudd to see how he becomes um like the gatekeeper, because that would have been really interesting. No sex. What he has sex with the monster? Maybe because the, the once he becomes a monster, the other two have sex, don't they? So do you think that's, <laughs> do you think that's why they didn't show it? Because <laughs> Paul Rudd will be hanging out the back of that monster. <laughs> Maybe bestiality in a child's film, yeah, probably not the best idea, is it? <laughs> no. To be honest. <laughs> like, that's what I don't, well, what I don't, it would kind of make sense. I mean, the keymaster and the gatekeeper both both do it, don't they? To they do, 
yeah you, yeah you're spot on it's um I'm just, i know i'm just saying that that is one logical explanation albeit not very nice to think about yeah it will be a, a, <laughs> i never even thought that the fact that that monster has to have sex with paul rudd to change him that's uh yeah, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it's more of an oral thing is that better oh dear i don't know i think aura's better than (laughs) it's taken nearly an hour and we're there already (laughs) 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 so poor run even has sex or is orally pleasured by the gatekeeper and he becomes possessed meanwhile um you've got this little gang of um was it Lucky, Podcast, Phoebe and Trevor who go down into the mine um, and that's when they realise that Ivo Shandor who's like the founder of the city is preserved perfectly in this mine and the reason why all the other proton packs were taken, and I don't know how these are being charged um, they've been set up by Egon to stop all of these monsters coming up from the pit uh, I think it's a really again visually it looks really good and I think it's fantastic that everyone thought he was mad and really what he was doing was saving the world. That, and he just yeah. set this up just to go on um, whilst he was alive yeah. and knowing it would happen whilst he was dead. Uh, it's a really a great touch and a really good idea, isn't it? It is. But what he didn't do, what he failed to do was communicate it to his old pals so they didn't get bitter with him. He tried, though, didn't he? He was, he was going on about the end of the world stuff and... timelines and stuff but they just didn't believe him because they sort of moved on and just thought he was obsessed with being a ghostbuster and all this sort of stuff unfortunately yeah because that's what um stance says isn't it that yeah uh, that's what he apologizes for ultimately end and but it's again as we said earlier that to see jk simmons of such a small role as um either um shandor in that tomb was really surprised me and you've got the the dates all around this big temple and they're dates of a major um kind of like natural disasters but we learned that they're not so natural and you've got 1984 uh, 1945 and thankfully these kids are educated enough to know what disasters happened because if it was me i wouldn't have a clue i really wouldn't know how to work it out hell no what 1945 <laughs> and that's was... about it yeah <laughs> What was 45? The end of the World War. Oh, was it? Which one? Hiroshima, wasn't it? Yeah, they dropped oh, was it? Singing. I think so, yeah. All right, I know 1984. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> oh, good point. I would have known that as well, but that probably slipped through my mind. Go, 984? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was so disappointed last year. Um, in, I know you've mentioned it a couple of times. I was... Jason, you know, Simmons, Simmons' role in it because this has been built up from the first film. Made that building to get Gozer, and then he comes up, he rises, and when he does do, and uh, he gets kind of destroyed straight away after all that planning. It was a kind of disappointing. He didn't at least have a conversation or something. We didn't get anything, <laughs> anything out of him. I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt because he was this semi-villain in the whole of, you know in the first Ghostbusters finally get to meet him and that's it you don't even get to do that it was a bit unsatisfying I guess 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. No, they, yeah. they do miss a, a trick there completely. It's, it is a great shame. They could have, I, I suppose, and, and it wouldn't have been too much of a nod to the original as if, like, patting themselves on the back because it is part of the story, isn't it? Yeah, because he's the guy that built the building. That, you know, they, they ended up going up all those stairs, didn't they, remember? You know, it, yeah. that, that building was a character in the first film almost. Yeah. Going on in there. Couldn't agree more because they've made reference to him numerous times. Mm. And then, yeah, basically, <clears throat> and then he has no real relevance in it whatsoever. Yeah. No, it's, completely. It was a completely missed trick. It was disappointing. Yeah, completely. And, and again, they this the last bit of this film is so many nods now. It's just a crossover. They cross streams and they cross films of. Paul must have been shaking his head of when Callie goes down to the basement and the the lights there pointing at the wall and you get to learn. And I personally thought it was a really nice touch that that um, Spengler did love his daughter and that he really cared about her um, so much so that he threw everything into saving the world and didn't spend any time. So it's a real double-edged sword. And it's nice that she can see that all the newspaper cutouts that he's kept of her that she didn't know. And I thought that was nice, but it's a shame that she gets taken over. You see this smoke going through and she gets possessed and it's too much for me of a mirror image of Sigourney Weaver when she comes back and you've got the kids see her sitting there in that chair. It's I, I, I was kind of taken out of the film when I saw this bit. It was nice when she saw that, um, obviously, her father had done what he had to do, mainly so she could shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> she is the worst character in this film by a million miles. Um, but, yeah, I completely agree. The whole transition to dog and sitting or sitting in the chair and then how she gets in the same dress later on and stuff. Yeah, it was it was almost like, OK, you really are hitting home the rinse repeat <laughs> from the first one, aren't you? Yeah, it was yeah. just too much. It it really was. And that she had red eyes, and I didn't really think something was that strange. And it's yeah. And Rick um, Romanis may as well have replaced Paul Rudd because they even did his hair and the way he acted. And I suppose they could say, well, this is what someone's like when they are possessed, when they are the gatekeeper. Um, or the uh, the keymaster, but it was just it would have been nice to have something different. But I suppose they want to do the nods, and if they want to do this film, and it's the last one, go out with a bang and just give everyone something special who's old and our generation. You know, it's, mm. it's difficult. You could be criticised for not winning or doing too much, couldn't you? Yeah. I yeah, know. I think you're right. It, it, I think whichever way you played it someone would have moaned about it because someone would have turned around and said they should have done it the old way yeah you know you can't win can you but i think we're all pretty much on the same page that Mm. a little bit disappointed yeah definitely and they do work out what's happening when they're in the basement they see the plan so they know exactly what egon was going to do and you they go and get Ecto-1, and I like the fact, I thought it was quite entertaining, that they wanted to get the proton packs out, and they couldn't, and the only way they could do it is by freeing Muncher, who ate his way through the metal bars. I thought that was 
a nice touch. Mm. I thought that was quite yeah. funny. I don't know if you guys were like rolling your eyes still. Not at all. No, I like that bit because you couldn't work out how they're going to get the proton packs out at all. But they just used them as a tool to get them out. I thought it was great. It was clever. Uh, I yeah. saw it yeah. coming a million miles was... away, to be honest. But did you? I didn't. I, yeah, I honestly I didn't. Was, I, I, yeah, but it was it was it was nicely done. But it was fairly obvious to me. But, yeah, and when they go to the tomb, they go back to the mine, and again you've got when they um, when you've got uh, Gruberson and when you've got Callie turning into uh, the gatekeeper and the keymaster, they're they're um, kind of shaking exactly the same again. Nods to the first one. The whole set looks like um, the original Ghostbusters, and yeah. again it took me out of it where you've got Phoebe walks up because um, Gozer's in it. And I think Gozer looks really good. And I, I think they've kind of put a modern twist on her, but she looks great. And it, it's um, obviously not the original one and they haven't put the special effects in it. It's a separate actress, but it, it didn't take me out. And I thought she was really effective and looks really mean, doesn't she? Yeah, I, agree, I completely agree. She was brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, she takes Paul, um, takes J.K. Simmons' character out just really easy it was really weird i did i just didn't see yeah, it coming maybe that's subverting our expectations too but yeah i just felt so unsatisfied because of all the um of all the uh, lead up lead up to it yeah and going going back to the first film i mean yes it was kind of funny in a way but i was yeah yeah but to rip them they, in half. Yeah. they got the voice the same as well didn't they the voice they, all the effect mm. of the voice they got that nailed that it's great no, I thought she was. Just who that was. Afterlife goes a chicken gozo, isn't it? it, it uh, I think it was a chicken jow gozo. <laughs> <laughs> but when you got Phoebe uh, who life. walks up to Goza and then is, starts yeah. doing those jokes, I was seriously just stop it. Just yeah. it, it really, yeah. really annoyed me. It wasn't her character. It, it, it's not what she's like, and. I don't know whose idea it was to think this was comedy. Whoever it was, was it was a bad decision. People yeah. are complaining on the internet web that using her as a villain was a mistake. Wow. On Screen that. Rant. Yeah, I'll leave that website. Yeah, I think it's, it's just nonsense. But while she's yeah, obviously trying completely. to do that as a decoy, you've then got Podcast, who's put the trap underneath, um, and it's underneath the Keymaster, who is at the moment in time is the mum Callie, and that works. And after that, they do rush back to uh, the barn where it's like the massive finale. And I like this. There was lots of tension. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if Paul Rudd was going to die, or if any of the characters were going to get to get possessed. And again, it, it comes to fruition where they're all waiting. It's exactly the same as the first one when they're on the stoop of the like the, the farmhouse and you've got Gozer walking towards them and that the trap is obviously the dirt farmer that the traps are all underneath um, the yard they're buried there and it just doesn't work and it's only Trevor for once who actually saves the day who points his um uh, it's not his gun it's a uh, proton pack at those massive um, transistors kind of, who kind of oh, doesn't really save them but who gets it going doesn't he mm. I didn't know what was going to happen. And when things get really bad, that's when. And I was really surprised. I honestly didn't expect it. When 
all of the, the original Ghostbusters turn up when you've got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson turn up. Yeah. I mean, he is old, um, but Bill Murray looks superimposed. He looked that old. <laughs> yeah, I, think so? I was, I was <laughs> yeah. shocked at how old he looked, bless him. He does look old, doesn't he? He, he really has. I saw him in that zombie film. He looked really old. What's the zombie film called, Stewie? Zombie Land. Zombie Land. I saw him in that, and he was... I was brilliant uh, in that. He, uh, he, he just played... Bill Murray just plays Bill Murray, doesn't yeah. he? Bill and fucking Murray. He, yeah, that was he just was a cameo, though, wasn't he? he? Just, but he looked yeah. old in that. But in this, he looked superimposed. He looked that old. It is... It was a shame because it kind of, when you look at Stripes to now, it, it, obviously he is old and he's been in mm. so much, but it's kind of shame to see <clears throat> someone who's just such a, a comedy legend and been in so many films just yeah. being so old, you know? He, yeah. Like Chris Walken. I saw him on TV recently. Chris looks old. Christopher yeah. Walken. Yeah. Well, they all came on together like on television, on the, on the television, on my television. <laughs> when, they all came, when they all came on together, like it was one of those moments you got, you get that tingle in the back of your spine, back of your neck. Yeah. It was one of those, one of those yeah. moments. I was like, yes, this is great. Yeah, I, I really liked it. And I, yeah. I mean, when I saw this at the cinema, I turned around uh, to my youngest and I had a massive smile on my face because thankfully I went in spoiler free and yeah <laughs> it really really paid off it's so good and i thought it's a really good idea and i don't know what you thought jay that it wasn't the ghostbusters when they stepped in it was obviously they stepped in at a critical moment but they weren't the ones who saved the day i thought that was a a, a great mm. touch it would have kind of changed the direction of the yeah. film i would have thought no i think yeah yeah because it would have been all this, all this going on, it would have been a really cheap ending, and if the Ghostbusters turn up at the end and win. It, yeah, that's a, a really good observation. Yeah, it, I mean it's like Terminator Two, isn't it? It's like Terminator Two, all that, and then Carl Reese comes right at the end and kills the T One Thousand in like yeah. ten seconds. Yeah, I mean it's just ridiculous. It wouldn't work. So I think you're right. I think they, the, yeah, they balanced it out really, really nicely. You, you got all your nostalgia, as Paul mentioned. We got, we got the tingles, but they did it the right way yeah but my problem is with the end of this the eventually egon uh, makes himself known as a ghost uh, as a presence there but what really pissed me off what i thought was really weird was the fact that he doesn't talk and for me yeah. i would have liked him to have said something because people were talking to him when he's obviously firing his um like the proton pack and I like the fact that um, you've got uh, Peter Vegman turns around and looks at him, then they all look at him, and, and you've got look on Winston's face as if, like, Jesus Christ. Hmm. And once yeah. they kill um, Goza, which is visually brilliant, that they all kind of apologise, and you get um, Dan Aykroyd, Ray Stance turns around and says, I'm really sorry, and he just nods his head. And then the kids talk to him, and he nods his head. Hmm. And it, it would have that been better strange, for me. Yeah, if he would have turned around to Callie, his daughter, and said, "I loved you all the time, and I was always proud of you," something like that, just yeah, nothing I was else. Yeah, that. Yeah, it would have been better, you, but it was yeah. stupid. Do you think maybe that they—that's something they would have tried? But if they couldn't match his voice, then it would. There would have just been a ton of, um, well, not complaints, but just just disappointment. They could have. I'm sure that they could. They, out of all the films that Harold Ramis has done, or any sound clips, 
interviews, mm-hmm. even the original Ghostbusters 1 and 2, they could have strung something together with today's technology, and even yeah. if it was one or two sentences, I think, yeah, I think they yeah. could have... They could have done unless he held, uh, unless his family didn't want him, didn't want him to do that, and they respected yeah, that. That's that's because it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Good the point. shots were there. You were waiting for him to talk, as Stu said. It looked like yeah. he was going to talk, and it just didn't happen. I'm sure there must be a reason why, because it was yeah. step up. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe they thought right, it mate. was distasteful to maybe yeah. You know, you know, because you do get it in the tropey shit adverts, don't you, on TV these days, where they bring up dead actors and force yeah. them and t- yeah. get to sell fucking tampons or some bullshit. You know, it's <laughs> you know. I think it would. I I agree <laughs> that you sat there going, "Oh, is he going to say something?" But I was actually yeah. really yeah. pleased that he didn't because oh, okay. I didn't need it. It was nice to his facial, you know, the CGI with him aged and looking the way he was and just the expressions he used was enough for me and i actually got mm. quite emotional at this i was just like you know because he's actually you know passed away and him and yeah him and bill yeah. murray had a massive falling out in real life they did didn't they? Mm. yeah um mm. either stripe wasn't it in stripes or something or rather like that and they didn't talk for years and it wasn't until just before he died that they actually sort of made friends again and stuff like that so i th- mm. i found it more tasteful and yeah, I, I yeah, I liked the fact that they didn't do it. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah, and and I also think that they're turning up the Ghostbusters, um, t- and the surprise and the pleasure of them turning up with the nostalgia takes away the the simple death that Goza gets because there's not really much action. It's just more people pointing proton packs and she gets captured and dies, and. I think the fact that they've turned up and that he's appeared as a figure, you forget about just the ease of how the main villain in this has been killed. Mm. I thought that was really clever, whether that was intentional or not, to distract people. But you just you don't think about it. One of the issues I had with this scene, and I know I've mentioned it to you, Stu, before, um, was when they're capturing all the ghosts and all the traps are open. Egon's a ghost, but he's not sucked into the traps. He's the only one that's not, but he's he too is a ghost. And you'd think that he he would fit that. And yeah, and yeah, just it was weird. No, it's true. Luckily, he didn't. But it was a bit of a an error, really. It was, yeah. it was love keeping he, away. It was love keeping away. Love. He was Maybe a good Our ghost. Love. He wasn't a bad ghost. He was, that's a, very he, true. Yeah. he was a nice boy. And it was only when I watched yeah. this. Uh, a couple of days back or about a week back whenever we decided we were going to do it that I saw the the, the post credit scene with Sigourney Weaver I never saw this in a cinema I walked no? out and no. I didn't see it what? and oh. I thought it was really really funny and great revenge for Bill Murray it was brilliant oh, it's brilliant isn't it I, have yeah. to, I haven't seen that I must have yeah. go back to it he's marked the cards because he's getting all the cards right isn't he oh he's no like, I have seen it sorry I have seen have, it yes of course yeah. I did yeah. have you marked the cards yes. he's like no and then <laughs> Like yes, I have, and she shocks him some more. Yeah, it's, yes. it's brilliant. It was lovely to bring those two back together, and you could see yeah. that yeah. she completely broke character in yeah. that, and you could just see how happy she was. Oh yeah, it, it was, was a lovely. lovely, lovely scene. It was a yeah. really good way to end this film. It was just brilliant nostalgia. I mean, but yeah, that's we'll get another one, but that's uh, Afterlife. So it was be interesting. I just imagine we'll score this pretty much the same. Uh, I mean, I'll kick it off. I thought. It was 
really entertaining. I thought all the actors were really, really good. I was really worried about what it was going to be like and if they'll do a nod, how much. And going in spoiler-free, I think it benefited. And I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it had a modern twist on basically the same story as the 84 Ghostbusters film. And I just thought it flowed well. I thought it was a nice film. It stuck to the roots and traditions of Ghostbusters, even when podcast gets out of the uh, Ecto-1 and is covered in that marshmallow is exactly the same as the end of the original. And when he talks to Dan Aykroyd, I mean, it, the kids and the adults in this connect really well. And I just thought it was great. And the nod at the end of all the original Ghostbusters was enough for me it wasn't too sickly sweet it was just enough for me to enjoy it and i was really pleasantly surprised and i think that's why i enjoyed it more than i thought i would i mean i'd give it probably a three and a half out of five um and i'd recommend this to anyone because it's an updated version of the 84 so i think it's suitable for anyone to enjoy my son loves watching this um uh, it's just great film. So yeah, totally, totally recommend this film. It's a really good film. Okay, um, I, I completely agree with you, Stu. I am going to give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. But they did the nostalgia. You could argue a bit too much, but they. But what they did do, unlike a lot of remakes, reimagining or sequels with a long period, they respected the first two films which I think is really, really important. Um, the, I think um, we've mentioned, obviously, the niggly bits, which I'd probably say my worst bits are. They're just like more niggly bits. I, I love most of the nostalgia stuff, and I love the way it ended. The only caveat I'll, I'll give to this is, I think if you've seen one and two, you're going to enjoy this more. But when comparing it to one and two, I think one and two, you can watch again and again. This one, you probably can't, for me, I couldn't watch it again and again like I can number like I can one and two that's not to take it away from it I just think number one and two are just more fun than this one in terms of watching it even though this is very good do you think this is more sentiment then yeah I think I think it is it's not as funny let's be honest I think the one that especially compared to number one had better moments in the I think of comedy but that's not to take away from, from from this film I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed it um it's just that I think, especially in the first Ghostbusters, it's it's so watchable. I mean, you could you, you could you, you know you could watch it and then you could watch it again the week a week later and still enjoy it just as much. This one, I think, it might lose its appeal if you kept kept watching it on a regular basis. And I don't think one and even number two will uh, um will you know have that. Um, so that, that's just my opinion. Hmm. I think that's a valid opinion, to be honest. I mean, not sure. <clears throat> No, I, I'd have to agree, to be honest. Um, I'd probably score it the same as you, James, and say four. I really, really enjoyed this. And I have to be honest, because of my distaste for sequels that have done a long time after, it just feels like they're ripping something off. I was really worried that this was just going to be a mm. pile of crap. And I watched the trailer, or part of the trailer, I was like, oh, God, no, this is going <laughs> to be horrendous because there's kids in it. And they're all wearing the uniform and it's just going to be I could I just imagined it was going to be a slightly different version of the all girl one that was terrible. Mm. Um, And I was but I have been pleasantly surprised. It was bloody brilliant. I would recommend it to anyone to watch. But there are moments in it that are a bit too tropey where like the little girl 
starts telling jokes to the demon and she starts pointing things to threaten a police officer and all this sort of shit. It just it, it did take you out of it and it wasn't as good. But in general, the callbacks were there. It was tastefully done and it was lovely to see them all back together again. So, and uh, and I I have to be honest, Carrie Coon in this uh, is bloody awful. She's the worst thing about this film. But what is he didn't like person. about her? I just didn't think her performance was believable. Her character was a bit just continuously whingy. I just I got. But bored of her bitching and moaning quite quickly. Do you think she sucked the fun out? As in, like, mood hoover. Yeah, I think too. I just, I don't know. There was just certain parts in the film that I just didn't. It just didn't feel believable. Like when she's turning into the dog and stuff and trying to be the same character as Sigourney Weaver. You're obviously going to compare the two, and it was very much mm. a a poor relation in relation to the first film. And I just, mm. I just, you know, you can kind of forgive Paul Rudd cause he is who he is. And yeah. I know he's, they've basically cast him, haven't they? As, as matey boy, um, Rallis. But I just, I, I don't know. It's just something about her and just frustrated me a little bit. She sort of took me away from it. But other than that, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Fair play. Paul, what do you think, mate? Really enjoyed it. Um, I think James makes a really good point about watchability. Um, I can see one and two time and time again, never seen the, the third one because it's just not Ghostbusters in my mind, even just looking at, you know, the trailer. This, I'd watch it again probably in a year's time, but one and two time and time again because of the comedy, because of the characters, because of the chemistry with the characters and all that, and, and, and the effects. I love it. Um, this was a good film. It wasn't as good good as i thought it would be probably because i maybe built it up in my into my head more than it was um because it was a long time coming um but i really enjoyed it um i would say like james probably a four out of five um characters were good neil you're right she annoyed me as well um (laughs) i thought podcast he i think he killed it he was very good um and seeing the crew back together again that was that was a real that was that was the that was the the win for me seeing them back together again because you know having seen it the original one in the cinema back in 84 85 whenever it was you know we've all grown up watching this time and time again and bought the merchandise bought into it all and, and yeah seeing them together it was great so yeah four out of five Oh, fair play. Excellent stuff. Well, it's done well across the board then. That's great stuff. Well, next week, we've got another treat coming up. We are <laughs> doing something completely different. We're going to do it this week, but we decided to uh, to hold on to next week. We are we was going to do the Rocky franchise, but that is massive. And there's so many other films we want to do. So we picked what is my favourite. It could be my kryptonite if everyone absolutely hates it. Um, is Rocky Four a film that Again, oozes nostalgia. Amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Yes. If we're doing Rocky Four, yeah, and it's, it's on Amazon, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, all yeah. of the Rocky franchises, yes, mate. Okay. Are we going to also look, watch, because it is Rocky Four, is there any way we can all watch the original and the, re, uh, and the, the re-edited version that Stallone's done? I don't know how, where that will be available other than Amazon, but you might have to rent it. You know the what, what I mean? The, what, the Rocky Four one? Or which... Which one? 
Because there's two versions of Rocky Four, isn't there? Yeah, there's, there's the new one that came out this year, version of Rocky Four, where Stallone's re-edited a lot of the shots. There's a yeah, I saw that at the cinema. There. Has he? Did you? Yeah. Oh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and watch both. Yeah, I've not heard of this. Yeah, yeah, they it's take great. away the robot. They take away all the, a lot, a lot of the campness. Maybe is one way of putting it. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's got yeah. Carl Weathers in it more. They, I, I saw a Q and A at really? the cinema. I went to see it, and wow. they interviewed Rocky at the start of it. Uh, it's really, really good. And, and he says he re- one thing he regrets is the addition of Rocky that he put out, uh, Rocky Four, that, that he had his own vision, and there's so much more on the cutting room floor that he's actually sat down and it was during COVID that he said he was stuck inside and wanted something to do, wanted a project. So he was really bored and he thought it's my film. I just want to put the version out that, that I always wanted to back in the day. And he added loads more of Carl Weber's, the backstory of them talking of about the Drago fight. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, I saw it at the cinema. It's, it's really interesting. What you oh, done? I'd love to have seen that. I've just looked on Amazon. It's not on there, like the new oh. version. So I'm guessing it's not available yet. We might I'll try, might try. But yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can try and find a way of doing it. That's really annoying that it's not in Amazon. Um, in America, it's available. I know that on Amazon. Yeah. That's really frustrating oh, because oh, just well, yeah, I mean, I mean, especially no, I, especially the way the world is now at the moment. If if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and that's what before, the irony. Oh, dear, I can change. You can change. Maybe you all can change. Maybe yeah. we should set them all down and get them to watch Rocky Four. Hundred percent, and that will save everyone's lives. But yeah, so that is next week, Rocky Four, and I honestly cannot wait. I'll be defending that until I've got the last bit of breath in my body. Jeez, Jeez, I'm in your corner there. Hundred percent, I'm in your corner there for once. 100%. Excellent. I'll see. I'll see three of you next week, then, James. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, mate. If anyone snags it off, it's be like it's like killing one of my children. I'm going to have to murder some people next week. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. And uh, if you don't agree with our reviews, again, just let us know. But um, we'll be doing a Rocky Four next week. Be there, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to have you. Thanks very much. Goodbye. could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Apollo. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Rocky Ford.